1: Good morning, everybody. It is six minutes past nine o'clock. We're in Hayesville, North Carolina, a beautiful Friday morning. Welcome to a TGIF wake-up call here on Sports Country Radio. We finally got uh, baseball for uh, junkies like me. It's uh, been too long. We've had almost a week off since baseball. I I love the World Series. I am really excited. Um, Not the matchup that anybody thought it would be. But uh, I am looking forward to it, and it's always a bittersweet thing. It's like you're excited. It's, it's the World Series, but you also know that we are quickly uh, coming to the point where we're not going to have baseball for a few months. And, uh, you know, I, uh, you know, look, I, I like other sports. I'm a big college basketball fan, except, but nothing it does it for me like baseball does. So, um I'll be in mourning uh, at the end of uh, at the end of this week, but uh, I am really looking forward uh, to things getting underway. Uh, it's going to be a very very interesting series. Um, nobody thought the Phillies were going to get this far, but I still think the Houston Astros are the team to beat. There is no doubt that the uh, the the Houston Astros have this thing. Uh, I don't want to say it's in the bag, but I will be shocked if the Philadelphia Phillies win this thing. It's not that I, I think the Phillies stink. Um, it's just that this is a very, very good Houston team. I think the pitching is going to make the difference here. I think the bullpen is going to make the difference here. Uh, and, and I say pitching. I mean, look, Justin Verlander is going to win the Cy Young this year, 18-4, and 1.75 ERA. Uh, he, he's been just Unbelievable. 185 strikeouts in 175 innings. Only 116 hits. He only walked 29 guys in 175 innings. But uh, Justin Verlander is also looking to get a monkey off his back in this series. And that is, uh, hey, can I get a win? (laughs) He is 0-6 in seven starts in the World Series with an ERA of 5.68. I mean, so this is... Look, this is one of the best pitchers of our generation. This is a guy that's got an opportunity. If he pitches long enough and he says he wants to pitch, uh, I think he said until they rip the jersey off my back, this guy may well end up being the last 300-game winner in history. If he lasts that long, and I'm not sure he will. He's got 244 career wins in 17 seasons, 244 and 133. Career area, 3.24. Look, he's a, a no-doubt Hall of Famer if he retired tomorrow. But he's got a chance to win 300. Nobody's ever going to do that again with the way baseball has gone backwards uh, in terms of valuing, of starting pitching, et cetera, et cetera. But uh, he has not been good in the World Series, so he's looking to get uh, get off the schneid. And, and look, the Phillies have had a great run. Look, they're 9-2 and two in the playoffs this year. I mean, so, you know, you can't discount them. And their their batting order and their their lineup is scary. What Bryce Harper has done, and, you know, this isn't – you know, think about this, too. Bryce Harper missed so much time this year, and he's had to be just a designated hitter because of, you know, the elbow issues. It's a guy that, despite being hurt, still hit two eighty six in 99 games, an OPS of .877. 18 over 65 runs batted in, and he has been a monster in the playoffs. Kyle Schwarber, 46 bombs, 94 runs batted in, 100 runs scored. Yeah, I mean, he's only hitting 218, but it is what it is. That's, again, that's a product of baseball today. JT Romuto, one of the best catchers in baseball, certainly the best hitting catcher, and a guy that can run. He's got 20 stolen bases as a catcher. Reese Hoskins, 30 home runs, their first baseman. This team can hit the ball. The problem is, is outside of Aaron Nola and Zach Wheeler, it's a crapshoot. They've got Ranger Suarez, who was eh, okay. Noah Syndergaard, who has looked better. I mean, look, he's still c- coming back from the injury he had when he was with the Mets and uh, started the season with the Angels, went to the Phillies. You know, and and he's their fourth pitcher. But look, they're 9-2 and two against... Think about the think about the teams that they had to beat to get here: St. Louis, Atlanta, and San Diego. They're the first third ba- place team to ever make the World Series, and uh, they haven't won a championship since two thousand eight. So it's been a while. Their last World Series appearance was back in two thousand and nine. They lost to the Yankees back in two thousand nine. Um. But their bullpen, nowhere near as good as the Astros. David Robertson was pretty good this year. But outside of that, look, you know, uh, Sir Anthony Dominguez had a couple of nice appearances in the early rounds of the playoffs. Got roughed up in his last one a little bit. Jose Alvarado can strike out guys, 81 Ks and in 51 innings. Inconsistent, however. Same thing, Zach Eflin, a guy who was a starter, made 13 starts this year. They moved him into the bullpen, and he's been okay. But this bullpen for the Astros is much better. I'll tell you what, if you can go to Ryan Presley and Rafael Montero and Brian Abreu and Hector Narris, Narris is really the weak link. And Narris and, and has struck out 79 guys in 65 innings. He's the weak link. You know, that's, the difference could be made right there, especially in games now where baseball is in, in, in that uh, the bullpens are so much more valued. You know, and Jordan Alvarez has not had a good postseason. But Alex Bregman is a guy that rises to the occasion quite often, as does Jose Altuve in, in playoff games. Kyle Tucker had a great season for this Astro team. I think the Astros win it in five. Six, if the Phillies get lucky. Now, look, and I'll be the first to admit, I, as an American League fan, you kind of, you know, usually you would root for the Astros. I'm not rooting for the Astros. I can't. Well, two reasons. Number one, 2017. I know, Gene, get over it. You know, there's only a handful of guys left from that 2017 championship team. Altuve Bregman, Verlander McCullers, and Yuli Gurriel are the guys left from that 2017 team and you know the Astros want to win this in the worst way because they want some kind of validation and vindication for uh, the mess that was made in 2017 a mess of their own doing but you know they want this one because they're tired of hearing about 2017 but also I look my fa- I have family in Philadelphia my grandmother was born there my mother lived there for a long time I have cousins there uh, so you know uh Philly fans are brutal, you know, but, uh, uh, you know, in all sports, I guess baseball would be the most polite of them. Their hockey fans are the worst, just the worst. (laughs) But uh, I have to, you know, I mean, I would like to see the Phillies win, but I just don't see it happening. I just don't. So I think the Astros win it in five. Uh, All the games are on Fox. They all start at 8 o'clock. I hope to God that uh, they're all over by midnight. As we know, postseason games can go on forever. But this postseason seems to have been a little bit quicker. The games seem to be a little bit faster. Maybe it's my imagination. They'll be a lot faster next year when we get the pitch clock. But So that's where we're at, starting at 8 o'clock tonight. Um, and and I, I can't wait. I can't wait. I mean, selfishly, I'd like it to go seven just so I can have baseball for as long as possible. My wife would like it to go four so it can get over as soon as possible. But that that's where we're at here uh, in the Gums household. Uh, we're going to take a break. When we come back, Dan Zampano is going to join us. We have an interview that I taped with Dan last night, uh, late last night, about 1030 last night. Uh, he was not able to make it on live this morning. Uh, but we taped it in the middle of the uh, Buccaneers-Ravens game last night. Um, Brady has uh, got his first three-game losing streak uh, as a quarterback in 20 years. You know, and people are making a big deal out of that, but this isn't on Tom Brady; it's a team effort, and it's not just Tom Brady. But Brady isn't Brady at the end of the game last night. He just kind of looked stunned, just like he didn't like a deer in the headlights. This is a guy that is not used to losing, so we're gonna take a break. When we come back, Dan Zampana will join us, and we'll talk NFL football for the rest of the show. Back in a minute. You're listening to the Wake Up Call on Sports Country. Welcome back to the Wake Up Call, and as we are every Friday, we are thrilled to be joined by the one, the only, Dan Zampano of the Sunday Card. Uh, full disclosure, we're doing this on Thursday night. They're in the third quarter of the Bucks ravens game, so it's almost doing this live because it's like about 3 o'clock in the morning now, But uh, and uh, the, the Bucks and uh, and the Ravens are tied at 10 apiece in the third quarter. And uh, First of all, Dan, uh, welcome, and uh, before we start anything about the NFL, I still cannot believe... I, t- I texted you by accident last week uh, after the uh, you guys had beaten BYU. First of all, congratulations on that win. I mean, that must have been absolutely incredible for a place like BYU to beat a team like that. You guys are having yourselves a heck of a year.
0: It's a historic year. Jerry Falwell Sr. Uh, told us 50 years ago that they were going to have a school that was going to complete with BYU and Notre Dame. And, I mean, I can't believe that, like, 50 years later, he's been gone for a while now, over over a decade and a half, and the, the vision was finally fulfilled, and everybody's talking about it. It was an incredible night. Um, to be a part of it is extremely special, uh, and to rush the field was even cooler. I wanted to rush the field myself, but... Obviously, you to got to work before you play, but we had a great night in the locker room and in the facility. It was so much fun. So kudos to all those guys in the field. Day-Day Hunter, shout out him. He had a great game. So awesome night on the mountain. Well, and to top that off, how
1: about you guys have a bye week this week, and how about that your fellows might get a chance to see your former quarterback get a start in the NFL? There is a, a yeah. There is a chance that he might get a start for the Titans this week. Is that right?
0: Yeah, Malik. It sounds like Tannehill is still banged up, and Malik's been taking a majority of the first-team reps. So uh, that would be super, super exciting to see Malik go out and and perform. And who knows? I mean, the the way this league is going, and and the the whole you know throwback to the to the early days of the old wing-tees, thirties, pop more real football that's been created with with the Ravens and the Eagles, and now that the. Well, I'm sure we'll get to it with the Bears doing what they did on Monday night. You know, it stands to reason that Malik could see, you know, he could see the ball a little bit, run the ball a little bit. I I would love to see him do well. He's a great guy. All
1: right, well, let's get to last week's games, Um, and I I want to start off with another stunner, and – you know, it's kind of like you we've talked about Tom Brady and you still believe that Tom Brady can lead this Bucs team watching what I'm watching tonight, I'm not sure about that. And you you also mm-hmm. said I'm not too worried about Aaron Rodgers and yet the Washington Commanders beat the Green Bay <laughs> Packers last week 23-21 and I, what what in the holy heck is going on when you have Tom Brady and Aaron Rodgers both losing in the same weekend? That's like uh, the coming of the apocalypse.
0: Well, I definitely have a dramatic reference, but okay. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, it's definitely what I would characterize as a changing of the guard where greatness is so few and far between now, and to see it now – Starting to wither away. I've always said this, and I'll continue to say it. I have Aaron Rodgers as the top five quarterback of all time, and Tom Brady is the greatest quarterback of all time. And you know, I also think it speaks to the idea. And there's another guy here that's that's going to be losing his job this week is Matt Ryan, right. who for years had been very, very good. Now that that guard, that older generation of quarterbacks is now really falling by the wayside. I think we can say that. I I think that the Bucks still have a, a Super Bowl team. I, I do think that. I think they can still threaten to do that because of the talent that they have. I do think that they have played below their standard. Uh, for some reason, whatever it is, it seems like even tonight as we watch it, Brady's accuracy has certainly been less than, less than uh, what we expect of him. So from last week, it kind of carried over to, okay, you're playing a Carolina team that had no business doing what they were doing, but they still have a good defense. It's not that they don't. That offense is putrid, and, and I think the defense more so kind of let the Bucks down a lot there, in especially knowing that they needed to win that game. The defense needed to win that game. They needed to pick their team up, and they couldn't do it. Right. It was just the way the game kind of flowed. Uh, look, if if the Pucks score, I think, 17 points in that game, I think Carolina may even lay down and they may not even get to 21 points. But uh, even so, you know, they're not playing as a, as a cohesive unit. And the fact that they're tied tonight with another struggling team in the Ravens, um, you know, kind of speaks to that a little bit, that they couldn't get off the mat. And not lose you know they'd be losing five out of six games if they lose tonight right for the packers the packers are the, kind of the same boat in a lot of ways but to me i believe that the packers are this close to executing correctly their guys just need to perform better again it's i don't put it on rogers i i more so put it on a couple of things of the packers first off the coaching is horrible i mean matt Lafleur. i, I just I, the fact that we put up these stats about how good matt Lafleur is he's Won the most regular season games of any coach, and they put him next to Lombardi and Hallis and all. It's a totally insulting. Right. And then the second thing is their special teams. I mean, they brought in Rich Versace to fix the special teams. It still hasn't worked. I mean, again, they give up a muffed punt to get the Washington Commanders the ball at the five yard line again. Right? Um, you know, it's just it's it's you know the same song and dance all on, all on over again and. You know, I, I don't know. The more things change, the more they stay the same with the Green Bay Packers. They're the, I, I made the comparison. as You know, I'll, I'll compare it. Them and the New York Yankees are basically the same team. They haven't won anything in a decade, and they continue to do great in the regular season, and they fall apart in the playoffs. And And they are much, much worse team than they lead on to be when it gets into December and January. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I, I, kind of, I kind of put that comparison together to say, they, are, they have become more of the elitist, historic franchise in the league that believes that, you know, we only need their quarterback to be able to fix all their problems, and they do not have good leaders. And, you know, to me, I think that's where the, the, the culture right now when Green Bay kind of lies. And, you know, I, I think that the good thing for them and these both these teams is that the NFC is so bad that they still have chances to make the playoffs and still go on deep runs.
1: You know, the thing with the Packers that bothers me, it's almost like they've just said, screw it, we're not going to run the football. I mean, Aaron Jones carried, yeah. carried it eight times, but he was a better receiver than he was a running back last week. When you've got Aaron Jones and A.J. Dillon, and you've got 38 yards on the ground in a game, I don't understand that. And that might be, I guess that's where you got to go with the floor and
0: go, what are we doing?
1: You know, I, mean, uh, that's, Gene, that's,
0: the, that's, I don't understand it. The comparisons between between them and the Yankees are so striking. It's like the run the running offense is the contact hitting. Right. And the Aaron Rodgers is the home run Aaron Judge. We're only going to rely on that. Um and we're not going to be diverse. We're not going to do that. Right. Even though that's what got us like, you know, this offense working in the first place. Um and then you have two really kind of I'll say it incompetent leaders coaching the teams. So You know, to me, it 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 just speaks to the idea that great players can cover up great things, but when you don't put them in positions to do that, they can only do so much. And football, in more retrospect, is say it's it's such a team game. That they really need to look themselves in the mirror and and actually look at the game in and of itself situationally instead of just relying on this is our system this is what we're going to do uh, and, and we're only going to rely on Aaron Rodgers to do it and Rodgers cannot be hampered down by create by non creativity they have to get the play the play action game going with run action they just have to do it and they just can't do it right now.
1: All right, so the other train wreck of the week last week was um, that Patriots game against the Bears. And, and again, oh, you know, it, it's one of those where you figured that in that soft part of that schedule, the the game that they had to worry about was the Cleveland Browns. You, you never thought that the, the Bears – all of a
0: sudden, Fields is looking like Lamar Jackson last week, didn't he? Gene, I'll be honest. I've been watching this team for 22 years. Okay. Yeah. Never in my life. Have I been more embarrassed after a win or after a loss than that, than that game. Yep. It is by far the most embarrassing because we've seen the Patriots get blown out before we've, they went to Nashville a couple of years ago and they got blown out in Tennessee. That obviously the Kansas city game, the Monday night, the famous one, the on to Cincinnati game. We all remember that, but this is the Bears. This is <laughs> Justin field. Yeah. I mean, they fumbled the ball five times in the game. They recovered every one. Yeah. They were 11 of 18 on third down. 11 of 18. This where, this is, let me get this straight. The Chicago Bears. <laughs> like, a bit, like, let's be serious here. And, I, look, the, the, you want to talk about the quarterback situation. That's a whole separate issue that I think has more to do with coaching. This whole thing is on the defense. Yeah. Uh, I mean, the defense was so bad in the end of the first half and all the way through the second half. It was so terrible. The Bears just picked on them and picked on them and picked on them on the edges. And, and, and you know, it just was an overflow. They could not keep Justin Fields uh, inside the pocket. He was able to run out whenever he wanted. They never set the edge. They never could really cover the bears going across the field. It was a very simple game plan. It was just crossers over the middle, right? And you know, outside of Matt Judon in the first half of the game, I mean, who had a good game? Nobody. 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 So you know, that speaks to that, and you know, they really couldn't. I mean, the uh, more penalties on the offensive line, Trent Brown this time. Yep. it was a disaster. And it just was as shocking as shocking could be that a Patriots team could lose on Monday night football in front of a national TV audience, having extra time to prepare for a Bears team that absolutely stinks on offense. I'm just flabbergasted that they lost this game.
1: All right. So let's get to the, the quarterback part of it. And was this mishandled by Bill Belichick?
0: Uh, you know, I, I think so. But, I don't know if I blame Bill as so much as what is the thing that is different between when Mac Jones is in the game and Bailey Zappi is in the game? Why are they playing so differently? And you would think, like, you know, they're running the same offense. Like, why is Mac Jones having more trouble here? And I honestly believe, I'm of the belief, I'm not sure if it's a conspiracy conspiracy theory or what, but they are running different play calls and a different offense with Mac Jones in the game. That is not conducive to him being able to run the offense. We we know that Mac Jones has limitations. Natural throwers, we keep saying, but he also has really good movement in the pocket, and, and he's going to be able to keep his eyes up. They're running so much good play action with run action with into that room and said, you guys need to figure it out with Mac Jones and figure out what he wants to run and run it. Because if we continue to do this thing where we're running two different things with two different guys, this is going to be a disaster. If you have two quarterbacks, you have none. And Bill knows that Bill has stood behind guys like Matt Castle and Cam Newton in the past and said, that's our quarterback. He hasn't done that with Mac and I'm not really sure why. And I'd like to know but in the meantime, the fact that he has named the starter, named Mac the starter, that he's one hundred percent healthy, he has to have said to himself, "We can I go through this again. We need a, a, a consistent starter that knows that he's the captain and the leader of the team."
1: And doesn't it mean? I mean, it's almost uh, they can't pull him out. I don't care if they get down fourteen nothing this week. They can't change quarterbacks no. this week. They can't.
0: I mean, unless he unless he throws multiple multiple interceptions and they get down real big. Right. There's no reason to pull him. Like he should be the starter here, you know, and and obviously you would think, you know, this is a big game for them. Obviously they hate the you know, much Belichick hates the Jets. Right. The Jets are, you know, flying high. It's going to be a rabid crowd on on Sunday at MetLife. Um this is a game they need to win. Uh, this is a game that this will tip their season. If they lose this game and they are 3 and 5, with losses to the Jets, with losses to the Dolphins already, and the Bears coming up. Yeah. I mean, yeah. the season is really in jeopardy if they lose this game. Do they
1: become? So, is
0: there pressure? Sure. But, you know, you have to overcome that.
1: If if they drop this game, do they become, like, uh, do they start
0: selling? Uh, I think they're ready to sell no matter what. I think they'd love to get Isaiah Wynn. They'd love to get something back for him. I think they'd love to get either Aguilar or uh, Aguilar. Yeah, I mean seriously, um, <laughs> I, I mean a kickoff tee. I get for that <laughs> for a win, but you know Aguilar and and Born, I think are definitely on the shopping block. Okay. Um, I, I with Tyquan Thornton's emergence, I think that's absolutely in play. Yep. So, and I think teams would want that. I don't think they'd be willing to trade any defensive players, but they certainly, you know, I think they'll be stellar, even regardless of whether they win the game or not. I, I do think that they will be able to probably get some draft pick back for one of those receivers, I can imagine.
1: Well, let's stay in the uh, the AFC East, and uh, Tua makes a return last week, and, uh, you know, I mean, he did okay. Um Everybody kind of had their hearts in their throats, I think, when they saw him running for a first down and putting his head down and diving headlong. And you know, uh, Chris Collinsworth and I am not a big Chris Collinsworth fan, but you know what? He actually he said it right. He can't help himself, right? I mean, he, he knows, can't. You know, and that's that's the thing you worry about with him. But uh, look, I mean, the dolphin the Dolphins. I don't think the Dolphins. Ha- I guess they're going to make the playoffs. Although I still don't see them as a playoff caliber team, but
0: it maybe maybe they can. I mean, if if well, team... hold on. I mean, they played they played a Pittsburgh offense that is, is is awful, and and not only that, Gene, Tua actively tried to throw the ball to the other team. Like, <laughs> well, do yeah, You're right. He did. <laughs> he tried to do that. There were four yeah. passes. That the Steelers flat out dropped. That should have been intercepted. I mean, it was egregious. So, I mean, I don't know what anybody said. Mike McDaniel, yeah, sure, they're four and three, fine. But, you know, not thanks to Mike McDaniel. Not not thanks at all. And then the guy refuses to kick a field goal to put him up by two possessions at the end of the game.
1: Didn't understand that. I mean,
0: didn't I? Yeah, I mean, what are we doing? It continues. The plague continues. The locusts, the frogs, the river of blood—call <laughs> it what you wish. The the fourth down, go for it. We saw it tonight in the game against the game with the Ravens as well. They did it tonight. Right. I mean, it, it's it's just a absolute plague. God is punishing those teams. There was a great stat that came out that I believe it was 2000, 2018, 2019, One of those stats where fourth down conversion rates were well were like above 50%. In the last two years, they've dropped to like 35% conversion. Oh, wow. And the reason being is because teams are ready for fourth down. Teams are ready to defend it. They're treating it just like any other down because right. they know teams are going to go for it. And I just don't understand the idea, especially a team like Baltimore that has a great kicker. If you're inside the 40, you got a fourth down. Kevin. I am kicking it every time. Absolutely. I am kicking it every time with Tucker. I mean, I just don't get it. You are literally giving away points, and and McDaniel is a great example, the latest example of the nonsense that is going on in the league. It's unbelievable. All
1: right, let's uh, let's go up uh, up to the Northeast and let's go to uh, that crazy New York area where the two teams are yeah. a combined eleven and three, and you know, and look, uh, there's been a lot of bad football in the new york area outside of buffalo in the in the metropolitan new york area there has been some bad football for several years and yet here we go the new york giants look that's a big win for them last week i mean this is a jacksonville team that that is not a bad team uh and that was a hell of a win and you know it it wasn't because daniel jones was the reason daniel jones did not win them that game saquon barkley won that game for them a
0: hundred percent and 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 you know, what we just talked about and Doug Peterson. Right. Like doing it again. I right. mean, we can go right back. He's another example right? of just why are we going for it? Why aren't we collecting points? Like points are there to be had. And like, I will give the giants coaching staff credit. I will. I mean, they deserve all the praise that they have gotten for taking a not very good roster And getting them to where they've gotten them is incredible. I don't know how they keep doing it. You know, getting down in these games and then coming back to win them is, you know, it's a great feat. It is certainly unsustainable. Uh, They make zero sense, this team. (laughs) But, you know, God love them. That's big blue for you. So, to me, uh, you know, what's the guy from Breaking Bad say? I think he said they can't keep getting away with this. I, I, they just can't keep getting away with this. It's it's incredible what they're doing. At some point, it's got to go down. But, hey, who knows? I mean, in the position that they are in, they can make the playoffs. You know, I may have said it last week that you know, I, I find it hard to believe that this team can make the playoffs. But, well, you know, sometimes you'd rather be lucky than good. And in the fourth quarter, they've been one of the best teams in football. There's yeah. no question.
1: And if you look at where the the NFC is as a whole, I mean, they're almost a shoo-in, you know, unless they completely fall apart. I mean, there is, there are so mm-hmm. many teams that are, are 500 or below in the NFC. They, they almost right now are, are going to make the playoffs by default. So my question is – there's, there's four teams in the NFC that are above 500. Yeah. Three of them are in one division. In one division, yeah. Which, by the way, is the it's division – It was a division just a few years ago where nobody was over 500.
0: Right. Yeah. It's incredible how huh? yeah. that's
1: the case. It's no, it, no kidding. So my qu- next question to you is – Is the the Jets uh, beat an absolutely hideous Denver team, and by the way, the, 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 I guess the Denver coaching staff and uh, Russell Wilson got a, a, a vote of confidence this week, which probably means they're getting fired next week. Uh, <laughs> but is there a worse starting quarterback for a winning team than Zach Wilson?
0: Oh, I mean, I think about that. I mean, for a, I, for a I, winning be football hard team, to find another one, yeah, then, you know. I mean, I'd be hard pressed to find another one. It, I mean, think about the teams that are winning in the league. Maybe, I mean, maybe Tua. You can go through Tua, Daniel Jones. Yeah. I mean. That's about it. Who would I rather be? Like, you know, <laughs> a great question. There's, there's a, there's a six-hour six radio show you could do, I mean, on that one. Okay. But, you know, to me, it's, you know, the Jets offense is just awful. Yeah. I mean, it is awful. Now they lose one of their best pieces in, in hall for the season. Right. I mean, that is brutal. Now they do trade for James Robinson and that's a great trade for them. You know, get a bigger back, but it, I mean, they are afraid to have this kid throw it. I mean, they are actually afraid to have him throw and <laughs> it's, 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 it's Halloween. I mean, you know, I, I'd go dressed like Jack Wilson too. That's a pretty scary uniform. So you know, to me, I, look, the Jets' defense has carried them. Yep. They've again, same like the Giants. They're almost identical. They've played really well in the fourth quarter of games, and they've closed games out. But you know, we're beating Kenny Pickett. We're beating <laughs> Brett Rippon. I mean, you know, yep. there just aren't a lot of good teams in the league. There just aren't a lot of good teams in the league, Gene. And, and that's and I and I know that's kind of a default. So, you know, it is what it is, but it's true. It's just, it just is true. How many teams can win the Super Bowl this year? How many teams can honestly say, can you honestly say, I could see that team win the Super Bowl? Probably three. Three? Three. Maybe four, Buff- if you want to Buffalo, say San Francisco. I say,
1: I say Buff- Buffalo, Philly, and Kansas City.
0: Yeah. I mean, that's, that's, that's about the it. consensus. Yeah. Yeah, that's about it. So I mean, I don't know where else you go with this, and they, you know, any team has a chance, and it's a great, te- great year for any for a team to go on a run. It's a just it's just an excellent year because, you know, you don't have any real juggernaut, right? But you just have three teams that are kind of above the rest, then maybe San Francisco, and then everybody else. So it's fascinating, and that's how the New York teams are staying in it. Um.
1: We mentioned this uh, this Chiefs team. Uh, what a dominating performance last week! I mm. mean, the, the explosiveness of this offense. This was it, that was the uh, that was incredible. What Mahomes did last week four hundred and twenty three yards. I mean, they just every time they touched the ball, it, it was it was over. I mean, and you looked at it. San Francisco had more first downs in the game than the Chiefs did, right? But the Chiefs like they only had nine third downs the entire game, just because they just. Big play after big play after big play. That was just impressive as hell.
0: Yeah, no question. And and you know they they continue to be the team that everybody expects them to kind of to kind of be. And they and it was a, it was we had an MVS sighting this week. We had a Juju sighting this week. We we're waiting for the explosiveness of this to happen. And a lot of people, I guess, were saying you know. How could they lose two two weeks in a row? And I, I was very surprised at, at how poorly San Francisco's defense performed yeah. in that game. They lost Greenlaw, the linebacker, and, and a lot of things fell apart for them. And you know, uh, to me, I, I thought they'd have a better game plan, a better scheme to cover them in the back end, but they just didn't. And and I'm just very very shocked by that. But credit Kansas City. I mean, they just ho hum, keep doing their thing. They've got a good coach. They've got great players now. They get a nice little trade for a new wide receiver that maybe they can get some explosiveness out of that they missed right. with Tyree Kill, and they get Tony from the Giants. So, you know, we'll see how that team goes. But they are absolutely – I think it's, you know, it's almost like destiny this year. It's just the way it's going to be. It's Kansas City-Buffalo
1: on a crash course. Well, and I'll tell you what, San Francisco isn't going to get any more out of Jimmy Garoppolo than they got last week. I mean, other than the fact he got sacked five times. He played about as well, I think, as he can play last week it was great and they I mean and they just they just and and I just thought that that San Francisco defense was better than that so that I wasn't surprised that Kansas City won the game I was surprised at how easily they pulled away in the fourth quarter just just punched him right in the mouth in the fourth quarter
0: outside of the interception in the end zone which was very costly I mean you can't make plays like that right but you know he was pretty good yeah and, and but you know when your defense doesn't perform like that, and you expect the number one defense in the league to do a lot better against an offense like that.
1: Five hundred and twenty-nine yards of offense. That's, incredible. That's incredible. That's gross. Um, and then we uh, we go over to the uh, the Titans and the Colts. We mentioned them earlier because of uh, of Tannehill being uh, uh, possibly out this week, but the news with the fact that they are going to bench Matt Ryan for the next for the rest of the season, and it doesn't matter. What happens this week? Even if their backup quarterback gets hurt, they'll go to somebody else before Ryan, simply because of finances.
0: Yeah, and and the reason being, I mean, it's an incentive. He has an incentive waiting contract. Yep, and they don't want to pay that. I mean, I don't blame them for it. I mean, send in Nick Foles. He might revitalize. Please send in Nick Foles. I mean, please. It would be incredible. Yeah. To after. Carson Wentz debacle, yep. that Nick Foles comes back and, and, and saves the Colts season and leads into the playoffs, it would be magical. So uh, I, I am heavily rooting for that narrative now. Uh, <laughs> but obviously, you know, but, but here's uh, the, obviously the Colts, the Colts got to play better uh, all the way around to have any chance.
1: But, but here's the thing, Dan, and this is, this is what, you know, they don't want to pay Ryan. I get that. But why'd you trade for him in the first place? Number one, but number two, you're still in this thing, right? I mean, you're a half a game out of first place. You're still in this thing, so to me.
0: But well, they see it. I mean, like it's like with the Giants, you know, like it, it. They know they're not where the Giants are. What are they? Three and three now. Yeah, three three. And I one. mean, yeah, three three and one. They're a 500-football team with a turnover differential of minus seven. Right,
1: right. They
0: turn the ball over more than anybody in the league. The offense has done nothing. You know that. I know that. Heck, the aliens watching us on Mars know that. <laughs> so, you know, to, you could see it. I mean, look at the games they've won. Right. Kansas City throws up on themselves in the fourth quarter. Denver throws up on themselves in overtime. They tie with the Texans. I mean, yeah, sure, it took a, back, a back-footed throw to beat the, to beat the Jaguars. They, they know that it's not sustainable, and I commend Wright for doing the right thing for his team. Ryan's not playing well. He's right. turned the ball over. He's not taking care of the football. He shouldn't play. Okay. You know? Okay. It's the same thing with Mac Jones. If Mac Jones doesn't take care of the football, he shouldn't play. Period. End of story.
1: One of the other big-name quarterbacks did come back last week. Dak Prescott came back and uh, kicked off the rust pretty quickly. Um, you know, I mean, I don't think Dallas, I mean, I know I know they were playing at the Lions, so we can't get too excited about it. But that was still a pretty good for a guy that had been out for
0: uh, for a while. He looked pretty good coming back. Yeah, he looked okay. I thought he, I thought he you know needed some time to acclimate in the first half, but right. you know, they, they they did what they had to do in the second half and and really towards the end of the game. And, and I think Dallas, like we've talked about, Dallas needs to continue doing what they're doing with Cooper rush with Dak Prescott, you know, yeah. I mean, they, they need to keep kind of not handcuffing the offense for him, but, you know, managing the game in a way that the game calls for each, each week. It's a, it's a script that you write as the game goes along. And, they can be explosive. Yeah, they have two great running well, backs. and that's what I, they I, don't need to rely on, on on the offense to win games.
1: Well, that's one of the things where I was going to go here is that you know you've been calling you know for a while for you know Pollard to get more touches, and he did last week. Please, you, you know, please. I mean, I mean he is, he's, he's you know, look, I look Zeke Elliott. His resume is what it is, but Pollard right now is a much more explosive player than Zeke Elliott.
0: I mean, if you give Pollard twenty carries and Zeke fifteen. I mean, they're both getting a pretty good, reputable amount of of carries and a pretty good amount of touches. Even if it's not in carries, they can get it in the passing game. Right. I mean, it, it, the possibilities are really endless because of the the ability for Zeke to catch it and for Pollard to catch it out of the backfield. So you have two very diverse running backs. Right. So you know, utilize that. You put them in the slot. Put them on the outside receiver, and let's go to work. And. You know, I, I rely on that defense. They made an underrated trade this weekend that was made with Jonathan Hankins getting traded to the to the Cowboys defensive tackle. He, does, he can't pass rush to save his life, but he can really run block. I mean, he is one of the better run stuffers in the league, and that bolsters that Cowboy defensive line. I think that's a really sneaky trade to help the Cowboys defense. That is, in my estimation, I do my power ratings every week. I got the Cowboys rated the second-highest defense in the league. I mean, they're really that good.
1: All right, let's get to uh, this week's games. And and my friend, uh, it's not getting any better. It, it you three and four last week. Yeah, not getting any and, and
0: really bad on the Sunday card too. Just my war. It was the first week of the year, Gene. We had seven straight weeks of winning weeks. First week of the year, we had a losing week this week. So well, we got to get better. Um,
1: let's. Uh, we got we got a few to talk about. Let's let's start off. Uh, let's start off in New Orleans. Uh, interesting game this week between the Raiders. Uh, and the Saints. Look, um, the, I, I guess, the I mean, I think the Raiders season is over, I think. But New Orleans, being in that NFC South, is still in this damn thing. And what I find interesting for New Orleans is that they are still going to keep Andy Dalton at quarterback, even though Jameis Winston is healthy enough to return. Andy Dalton hasn't exactly been setting the world on fire. No, he has not. And
0: last week is a great example right. of that. But I think both of these teams still have chances to make the playoffs. I'll tell you why with the Raiders. okay, The Raiders' schedule gets a lot easier. And with the struggles of the Broncos, the Chargers really are not that good, and they're very, very hurt. So I think they'll have an opportunity to win those games. Um, you know, I think the Raiders are still in it. I really wow. do. They, they could sneak in and surprise some teams. Okay. Now, New Orleans, I think New Orleans is such a strange team. I feel like nobody can get a real pulse on that team because their defense should be a lot better than it is, although it's playing a lot, uh, playing somewhat better. And, and, and their offense is kind of not, that we talked about last week, not a ton of identity here. They were missing a lot of guys last week. This is a hard game to pick because I don't really know if Marshawn Lattimore is going to play. I don't know if their other corner or Debo is going to play. If they play, and, you know, I'm going to think that they will. Waller may not play. Adams has been sick. He hasn't been practicing all week. Very strange game. I'm going to take the home dog here. I'm going to take the Saints to get a big win at home against against the Raiders who just, you know, the Raiders are a good team, but, again, in the fourth quarter, they just fall apart, and their, their defense is just wretched. So, <laughs> I'm going to go and Saints to win the
1: game. Uh, Tennessee is at Houston. Tennessee is a two-and-a-half-point favorite, and uh, we could have a Liberty uh, quarterback sighting this week. So uh, what, do you, what do you got? I mean, does it matter uh, whether it's Malik or whether it is Tannehill? Because, uh, I mean, they've got the – look, they've got one of the best running backs in the league. So, I mean, you just hand it off.
0: Yeah, you could just hand it off. Uh, Gene, I don't think it does matter. No. Because this is my upset of the week. I'm going to take the Texans. It doesn't matter. I'm, I'm going to take the Texans really? to win the game. Yep, I'm going to do it. I, I like the Texans here. If you look at the numbers, by the numbers, this is very interesting. The Texans, in their last eight home games against the Titans, mm-hmm. against the spread at least, they are 7-1 and one against the spread. Oh, wow. In their last eight home games against the Titans. And look, the Titans are a kind of hold on to the lead and hold on to your butts type of team. Like they just really do not play well in the fourth quarter. They do not close out games and neither do the Texans. We can't say that they do, but you know, at the end of the day, I, I think the Texans are actually not that bad of a football team. They just don't have a very good roster. And mm-hmm. I like, love Smith has coached that team up really well. The defense is still good. Tennessee is very, very average. I mean, they're very, very average. So I think Houston, they haven't played at home in a month. I think they'll be very excited to play at home and get a a good, nice in-division win against the Titans team that, you know, like I said, is average at best. I don't think they're great. I don't think they're bad. They're just kind of average, so I'm going to take the Texans. Wow.
1: All right. Uh, Let's go to uh, MetLife, and the Patriots are at the Jets. Patriots are somehow a a two-and-a-half-point favorite here on the road despite that
0: disaster last week. Well, I think that's the reason. I mean, I think people see that and they say, How can the Patriots lose to the Bears at home <laughs> on Monday night? Now they got a short week against the Jets, who are, you know, as hot as a pistol. They've won four in a row for the first time this century. I mean, goodness, you know. And, and you know, it's been six years since they've beaten the Patriots and beat them since 2015. Is that right? So wow. that's true. 12, 12 straight. Okay. So. Uh, Gino Smith, the last quarterback to beat the New England Patriots as the Jets, and look what he's doing now. So, So
1: look, the Pats,
0: Pats, yeah, yeah. Well, it'll be a good game, and the Pats Pats will definitely have to get up. They'll have to get past the first half of this and not get down early. But if they can get to, I think, 17, 20 points, I think they can win this game because I just don't see the Jets being able to do much on offense at all. They're just not very good on offense. They lose their best offensive weapon. Defensively, I think they can cause some problems, and it does worry me that Andrews got hurt in that game and yep. hopefully that he can come back in this on this line. But I do think the Patriots bounce back. I think they have to bounce back. They they recognize that look, we were two and four last year. We went on a run. We won ten games. We're three and four this year. When you really look at it and compare it, you know, there's still plenty of opportunity and still a soft schedule in the middle of this thing. So, you know, uh, the, the, it is up to them. It is up to them. We will find out. And, and, and Mac Jones getting a full week of, of actual reps this week. And it sounds like, you know, if they can move forward with this offense and get this offense running the way Mac really wants it to run.
1: Yep.
0: I, I think they can do it. It's a point check Belichick talks all the time. The players play the game, right? The coaches will coach. Yes. But the players have to be conducive. To the coaches and the offense, and I think Belichick will hammer that away this week in that coaches room.
1: First to seventeen wins. I think so. Yeah, it might be the Patriots might uh, the Patriot it might the Patriots might win this one like fifteen to six. There'll be like there'll be like <laughs> seven field goals in the game. Nobody scores a touchdown. Totally fine by me, Jane. <laughs> uh, so I looked at the standings today, and I went: the Minnesota Vikings are five and one. Yeah. Uh, how about that? Arizona is at Minnesota this weekend. Minnesota is a three-and-a-half-point favorite.
0: Well, Gene, you know, this is funny that you brought this game up because I'm going to give you a little insight and secret into the into the mind of, of how it all works for us at the Sunday card. Okay. I'm going to give you a little preview because this is my favorite play of the week. Okay. Uh, I love the Arizona Cardinals here. Okay. I, I love them. I, I think the reason being... DeAndre Hopkins coming back just gives them complete new life on offense. If you look at the Vikings, I'm just going to give you a couple stats here and run through them. Vikings defense, they are 28th in defensive completion percentage. They are last in the league in defensive yards per pass attempt. They are last in the league in red zone defense. They are 30th in the league in yards per play. They They give up the most. They are the worst team in the league against wide receiver ones. Uh, In the entire league, they just give up so many points. And Cliff Kingsbury has been very, very good as a road underdog, much better than a home underdog. I know I call him the prom king, and I know that's all he is, (laughs) but I'm hoping the prom king finds the king of hearts this week and the red heart comes through. I think the Cardinals win the game, and I think Minnesota – I got a good record, but I do. Uh, I think they are a very overrated football team. Well, we, I just I don't see a lot going on there that, that that deserves five and one. It's shocking to me.
1: Yeah, well, the way you were spouting off those stats, I was like, I, I wanted to make sure I could. I actually read that right because those stats don't sound like a five and one football team. Uh, no,
0: they're not. And and Minnesota has been a defensive
1: team for a long time, not so much this year. Interesting game this week. The Rams at home against the 49ers it's a one and a half point uh, uh edge for the 49ers I I look I don't think this Rams team is very good and I think this 49ers team is going to come in fired up after that uh, after the way they got lit up last week but uh what, tell me what you think San Francisco one and a
0: half point favorite well you know what we're doing here I mean 49ers, we, we, yeah. we do this, yeah I mean we, it, it, yeah I, and and honestly it, it's almost scary because it's like really like one and a half, like have they been watching the Rams. Like, right. You know, and, and, and you know that Kyle Shanahan, like owns, owns a Sean McVay. Right. Like owns him. So uh, Sean McVay off a buy, not very good in his career. I mean, I'm not afraid of that team. So I, uh, yeah, I like the 49ers here to bounce back after a loss. And, you know, and, and by the way, you got a full week of Christian McCaffrey to practice this week. Now, yeah. I mean, yeah, I kind of like that. Don't you? Yeah. I kind of like that. So uh, I'm very excited to see what San Fran does. I know they already crushed them a couple of weeks ago on Monday night. And I'm sure the Rams are thinking about that. The Rams are going to need a really long, hard look in the mirror. I'm not sure what their offense is doing. So to go up against, you know, they really could have lost the game to the Panthers two weeks ago. They yeah. really could have. Yep. So, you know, I, I don't know. I don't know. They, they need to fix something real quick. And this is not the team you want to play right out of the lot. It's just not.
1: All right. The uh, New York Giants at Seattle. Seattle is a three-point favorite.
0: At some point, this has got to stop. <laughs> right. well, I, we've been we saying, saying that for like three weeks. <laughs> yeah. I know, but we are taking the Seahawks. And, and the reason being, look, uh, the Giants have been great in the fourth quarter. Yep. I know that. it's been They've been good. And even if they get down – I am not going to feel good about this until that hits triple zeros. (laughs) But I will say this with Metcalf out of the game, which it was what it looks like. Yep. um, I actually think that this bodes well for the Seahawks for one reason. I think the Seahawks are going to run all over the giants. Uh, I think Kenneth Walker is going to be the big play here. The the rookie out of Michigan state. If you look at the giants dead last in the league in rush yards per carry on defense, They give up the 28th most rushing yards per game. They've given up 140 yards rushing in six of their seven games team. Wow. I mean, they, they are just not a very good rush defense, but they have been schemed very well. And now with explosive plays, we know Seattle's about explosive plays. I think the idea that the giants have been coached up well, when they go up against a good coach like Pete Carroll, I think they will meet their match. They have, I don't think they've really gone up against, I mean, look at the teams they, they, Matt LaFleur, uh, who was it last week that we just saw them beat? Uh, Doug Peterson, who I, who I think is a little bit overrated of a coach in my mind. Mm-hmm. Uh, now they get Pete Carroll, who's who's not gonna, you know, not gonna do a lot of things to mess up the football game that much. I mean, they they they've always kind of been a, a running team in Seattle, so I like the Seahawks here to finally get it done, win the game, and finally put this to bed. By the way, Giants. Second straight road game. They got to go to Jacksonville and then fly all the way to the most corn the opposite corner of the country to go to Seattle. Yeah. That's a tough ask for this team that's still really young and a little banged up this week, missing some offensive linemen. I'm going to go Seattle to win the game and kind of stick with it. It's first place in the NFC West, and uh, I know we're talking about the Giants, but look out! I mean, Seattle first place? Are you kidding?
1: I know. I, I, go figure. Um, last one I got for you Monday night. Cincinnati is at Cleveland. Cincinnati's a three and a half point favorite, and it looks like the Cincinnati's going to need this one to, to keep pace uh, with the Ravens, who are going to beat Tampa tonight uh, on this Thursday night game. Uh, Baltimore's up 24-13 with about seven minutes to go. So uh, this is one that uh, that Cincinnati's got to have.
0: They got to have it. But the big big news today: Jamar Chase is going to be out for four to six weeks. Ooh. So. That is a Ouch. big loss, yep. a big loss. So he has a hip problem. Um, that's a, I don't know how they overcome that. And with Cleveland's running ability, the Cincinnati's playing a lot better on defense. Yep. But offensively, I don't know where they go without Chase. I mean, they're going to have to rely on Mixon. They're going to have to rely on Boyd and Higgins. I mean, Cleveland still has really, really good corners problem is since cleveland just can't tackle they're, they're a horrible tackling team I right? just i've never seen a team not be able to tackle like them so we shall see no question but i, I i'm going to take cleveland to win this game and win it in the trenches uh without chase that's going to be real hard cincinnati masks a lot of their issues because of their explosion and without chase that's really going to hurt them so i'm going to take cleveland to win this game and the AFC North is going to continue to be kind of a a slugfest for whoever can win that division.
1: Yeah, and the only the only reason I thought you know maybe I didn't know they, they I heard there was a rumor that that he might go on IR uh, chase, but uh, it, it sounds like Cleveland's ready to pack this thing in. They're already talking about they're they're trying to trade Kareem Hunt, and they think they're going to be able to get a, a big package for him. I'm not sure about that, but. Uh, it almost sounds like, uh, at least in Cleveland's mind, they're ready to to just you know kind of wave the white flag.
0: I mean, maybe, but, you know, if you look at it, they, they have Nick Chubb. They have one of the most consistent running right. backs in the league. Yep. And, you know, to me, it's like, why wouldn't you try to get something for Hunt? Hunt? Hunt costs you a lot of money. They gave him a lot of money as a backup running back, but they're not really using that much. Right. Um, and they really don't use Chubb enough. I mean, Chubb... Chubb really should get more carries. So uh, I almost, I almost like this for Cleveland. It doesn't say they're giving up. I don't think it does. I, I say I think it's them being smart and trying to get a little more compensation for next year to be able to, to compete even more and maybe go out and get a quarterback. Maybe you know if Deshaun Watson can't work out, you know, and and now we got more lawsuits and this that and the other. I mean, I don't yeah. know what's going to happen with this now. Um, I imagine that he's coming back, but it's still up in the air. So we'll see. But uh, I think Cleveland is still still in this thing.
1: Can you imagine if Deshaun Watson never plays for Cleveland after everything they gave up? Can you... Oh, my God. I mean, that would wreck that franchise
0: for the next 10 years. It would set them back horrifically. Oof. Horrifically. But you want to know something, Gene? Yeah. If he does play, watch out. Yeah, look out. Yeah. Yeah. Watch out! Well, yeah, because people don't realize.
1: Oh, well, yeah, I mean, and you know, I mean, look, this—he's this, no Baker Mayfield. Well,
0: no, he's something else. He's—he's—he's he's, he's like people forget. I mean, that's you know what? And that's the Lamar, thing. Lamar Jackson, and yeah. and and go crazy. People forget how good this guy is. Yeah, he's I mean, really good. All his all his off-field stuff has made people
1: forget that this guy was a very very special player. So yeah, you know, but we'll. We'll see. We'll see. So you got Cleveland. So we'll we'll see. We got four dogs again this week. So uh, we'll
0: see. We'll see. God, I I'm
1: really praying for you, buddy. I'm,
0: I'm really really hoping. We need some. We need someone. I mean, I, I'm. How can I be better at the spreads than the actual it's, games it, themselves? It makes no sense. It doesn't make any sense. That's what that's what
1: I can't figure out. So, uh, well, Sunday card uh, available here on Sports Country Radio or wherever you get uh, your podcasts. Uh, these guys are a lot of fun to listen to. Uh, very passionate, which I love, Which is, and you get a sample of it here. So, Dan, thanks very much. Uh, enjoy the off week for Liberty and enjoy the NFL games on Sunday. We'll talk to you next week.
0: Absolutely, Gene. You are the best. God right, bless. buddy.
1: <laughs> That's Dan Zapano here on Sports Country Radio. Uh, love having Dan on every week. Uh, usually we try to do it live, but uh, he wasn't able to do it live last night, so we appreciate him coming on and uh, doing it uh, last night. That is going to do it for us here this morning. We'll be back next week with another edition of The Wake Up Call. Hey, it's Brad Paisley's 50th birthday today, so uh, on the way out, here's a little Brad Paisley and we danced. We'll see you next week. You've been listening to The Wake Up Call on Sports Country.